This is KK12FM 89.5. Good morning, Kota Kinabalu. And this is Fresh Air with Venuzere and also Sylvia Howe. Sylvia will be taking a very short break here. But first, we have an awesome guest here in the studio, Dr. Glyn Davies of WWF Malaysia. Glyn, so nice to see you again. Good morning, Ben. Nice to be here. Thank yes, you. Yes, um, I remembered our conversation not too long ago. Oh my gosh, um, pardon me. It's been a few months, actually. We were here before the lockdown, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days of freedom. <laughs> I know, days of freedom and uh, how the world has changed. But it's gl- I'm so happy to see you again. And um, uh, what it seems like we want to talk about gibbons today. You know, for Sabah, we always discuss about the orangutans, uh, the monkeys, the elephants. But now um, you would like to talk about gibbons. Why yeah. is that? Yeah, thank you, Ben. So uh, the WWF Malaysia team uh, have been looking at many species in Sabah's forests and uh, Gibbons are what starts every day when you're in the forest doing a survey. Mm. Their beautiful songs bring the forest alive. And we thought, well, they're not getting sufficient airtime, you'll understand. Yes, of course. So uh, (laughs) thank you, Ben, for letting us come and talk about uh, Sabah's wonderful gibbons. And for our listeners who are listening to you for the very first time, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you. Uh, So my name's Glyn Davis. Uh, I'm an advisor with WWF Malaysia in the Sabah office. Uh, I uh, have a love for Sabah. I started my career here. We won't say how many years ago. Did you say 40, Ben? No. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's a pleasure to be back and uh, talk about the wildlife. You did mention, I'd like to uh, remind some of our loyal listeners, that you call Sepilok your kampong. I am from Kampong Sepilok. That is true. <laughs> Wonderful years, uh, a wonderful time during those years back then, yes, Glyn? Uh, so, gibbons, um, maybe some of our listeners might not know much about gibbons. We probably know a lot about, you know, other species right here in yeah. Sabah, because I guess they have more airtime, as you mentioned just now. And uh, let's change that. What are gibbons and why are they so special in Sabah? So, gibbons are special for a number of reasons. Firstly, um, they are uh, uh, called, often called lesser apes. Uh, and as we talked before, uh, you'll remember that an ape doesn't have a tail mm-hmm. and a monkey does have a tail. Right. So orangutans, humans, yep. and gibbons in Sabah do not have tails. Mm. So they are in that uh, category of uh, lesser apes, very intelligent. When you look at their faces, you can kind of see that intelligence. Um, they, we, the reason we don't hear much about them is because they... They live up in the trees almost all the time. They, mm-hmm. they, they're quite small, six kilos or so, and uh, they very seldom come to the ground. That is because they have these incredibly long arms, mm. long, long arms, and they swing between branches. Right. Uh, their legs are uh, apparently less strong, uh, and that lets them get right to the edge of the tree crown where they can get their fruits that they eat or the young leaves that they can eat. Um, but it's a special kind of uh, locomotion called brachiation. Brachiation. So you know I tried to share one zoological fact with you and your audience. Yes, So yes. there you go. Brachiation, that means swinging with your arms as a way of traveling through the treetop. I learned a new word today. That's called brachiation. Sounds like a workout movement. Well, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, there is a, a write-up on a journal that uh, you'd like to uh, inform our listeners. Um, it has a very interesting title too. Yes, uh, another special thing about the gibbons, and as I mentioned earlier, they really bring the forest to life in the morning, is they sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
They live in a family group, uh, male and female, husband and wife if you like, uh, and they are monogamous. Uh, so the family group is just the male and female and their offspring. Not large groups, three or four animals only. And before dawn, the males have a call, uh, which is really loud, carries through the forest, and lets everyone know that he is in this territory. So those are the early morning calls. Mm -hmm. You can hear that call from up to a kilometre away. Oh, wow. Uh, and the different males, you can sort of map where their territories are just by uh, mapping where the calling males are mm -hmm. early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then something very special happens because the, uh, the, the two, uh, male and female, sing a duet ah. uh, together. And you can hear the cicadas in the background. But... That's amazing. So that is called the female great call. Mm. Uh, and you can hear it lifting up, lifting up, lifting up. It's actually one of the reasons that the Malay name for gibbon is Watwa. Yes. Although many people in uh, Sabah also use the word Kaliwat. Mm -hmm. um, so from their call comes their name and also comes the song of resilience, as we have called it in our paper, mm -hmm. uh, that they are living in the forest and showing us what beauty nature has, mm -hmm. even though we often can't see it because hard to see through the forest trees. And the title of the journal, uh, uh, the, the, the paper actually has the word resilience. And you also would like to highlight the resilience of gibbons. Yeah. Um, so 40 years ago, Sabah was covered in lowland, mostly unlogged forest. And uh, there has been a huge timber boom. Mm -hmm. And now that has uh, changed and been uh, replaced with a, a huge agriculture boom. And it was an uh, inevitable consequence of, of development. Uh, but for those of us who are doing surveys in the forest, it was scary to see so much timber and so many huge trees mm -hmm. taken out and see the damage. But coming back now and rechecking some of those places, um, it's amazing to find the gibbons are still there. In Tabin uh, Wildlife Reserve, uh, in the east side, Lahadatu side, uh, gibbon numbers have returned to what they were before the logging. Mm. So that's resilient. That's a kind of restoration, recovery, regeneration center mm -hmm. uh, after all that timber was taken out. Wonderful. We'll take a very short break here. Coming up much more from Dr. Glenn Davis of WWF Malaysia. Do stay tuned. You're listening to KK12 FM. You're listening to KK12 FM 89.5 and this is Fresh Air with Ben Azari and also Sylvia Howe. Sylvia is taking a very short break here and we have Dr. Glenn Davis of WWF Malaysia. Dr. Glenn, so happy to see you again. Welcome back to KK12. Thank you very much, Ben. Pleasure Today to we're, be here. Yes, indeed. Today we're talking about gibbons. Um, just now you mentioned how they sing a song and how they communicate with one another and also you mentioned of a paper that will be published in the Malayan Nature Journal. We, we'll talk more about that later on. Um, where are gibbons usually found, especially here in Sabah and in Borneo? 
Yes, thanks, Ben. So they, as I say, people seldom uh, see them. Uh, one of the best places to see them, if you want to, is uh, at the Tabin Wildlife uh, Lodge. Mm -hmm. uh, they they have a family group uh, around the lodge there, and you can see the that traveling, that arm swinging that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But um, the species uh, is found over the northern half of Borneo. So Sabah, Kalimantan, Brunei, and a large part of Sarawak. Mm -hmm. um, they found most abundantly in the lowlands, uh, in the lowland forest, uh, which is uh, rich in, in most wildlife. And then as you go up uh, through the hills, uh, up uh, to the to the higher mountains, uh, Trusmadi, Gunung Kinabalu, the numbers decline. The forest changes, um, the food that they feed on, and they particularly like to feed on uh, figs, mm. uh, wild figs. Ara mm -hmm. is the Malay name. Uh, then their numbers decline. So, so they can be found up to, you know, 1,200 meters on Gunung Kinabalu, but the real numbers, big numbers, are, are, are low down where there's a lowland forest. Now, you do a lot of studies when it comes to gibbons, and you do surveys in the forest. Would you like to give our listeners um, somewhat of that picture of how do you conduct these surveys? Yes. Um, so obviously, to find this out, we have to go to lowland areas, to, to, to sort of the hill, hilly areas and then to the mountains so that we're able to say, look, this is where they are common and where they are not common. Um, if we're lucky, we're near a forest department rest house or, or, or some other uh, accommodation. We stay there. Uh, we did a survey uh, last month, uh, get up at 4.30 in the morning, quick uh, makan, and then drive into the survey site. Uh, you have to start survey before 6 a.m. Oh, wow, very uh, Because from then, the females start giving their loud call. Mm. And that loud call, depending on the direction of the call and the hills and so forth, you can hear one kilometer away or more. So that means you can survey a big area, listening for how many groups are calling in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, we cut a trail beforehand, maybe two kilometers, rentis, straight, straight line, rentis. And then we put markers along it every 100 meters. So as you walk, you hear a call, you see the marker, maybe 200 meters. You then take a compass bearing and your friends who are with you, there's a team doing this, mm -hmm. WF Malaysia team. Uh, they take a bearing and then we can triangulate the arrows uh, from the compasses, as it were, the lines where they cross. And we can map where the groups are over several days. Oh, wow, great. And uh, you mentioned of your team, WWF Malaysia. Would you like yeah. to tell us a little bit about uh, the work that WWF Malaysia is doing? Well, there's a huge amount. Uh, I mean, there's an elephant team. There's a wildlife protection team. We have an oil palm team. They're all engaging with different people in Sabah, the palm oil industry, the timber industry, uh, and so forth. This particular team uh, that carry out general wildlife surveys uh, led by uh, Donna Simon, I think she spoke here previously, mm -hmm. um, they are amazing forest scientists, I call them. Although they don't have lots of school exams and so forth, they know their way through the forest, they know the names of the trees, they understand the calls of the different animals. Mm -hmm. So uh, although I'm talking now, it, it reflects many other people's hard work and, and great knowledge, something that... I think Sabahans underestimate how much knowledge uh, different people in Sabah have about the forest and mm -hmm. how special that is. Now with the COVID-19 pandemic, do you think that because of lesser tourism uh, that the nature has been given a break that it deserves? 
Well, that's hard to answer. Um, I think responsible tourism really uh, means that you do not damage the precious forest that we are using as a tourism resource. Um, that we need knowledgeable people who can explain to the visitors what is going on and also to take care as they travel through. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you need to enjoy, not leave rubbish, not make a lot of noise, not disturb the plants. Uh, and then you can have a, a very rich experience mm -hmm. uh, and people come from all over the world to do that. Right. So, uh, yeah, they've had a break, uh, I think. Uh, um, uh, there have been sort of reports from different colleagues about animals sort of seeing a bit more relaxed. Um, but, uh, you know, it's our responsibility to, to do um, a sensible tourism. Please talk to us about the paper that will be published at the Malayan Nature Journal. This will be published uh, next year, I believe? Yeah, so uh, Malayan Nature Journal is, is a long-standing uh, Malaysian institution and it has produced a, a great journal going back... Uh, uh, 70 odd years um, and so if you really want to understand change many of the papers in there allow you to look back into mm. the past and compare them going forwards I mean what we have found is that the gibbons the, the the resilience the positive optimistic story we have is that if we can manage our forests the remaining forests well uh, then gibbon populations will continue Hunting is not a big problem for gibbons in Sabah. We hope that stays the case. Good. Um, but it also shows us that uh, you know nearly 20% of Sabah is uh, oil palm plantations, uh, and gibbons do not feed or live in uh, oil palms. So that area uh, is is no longer really gibbon habitat. They can survive in little patches, but it's not a viable population. So mm -hmm. so all that is in the paper. Very much appreciate the Malayan Nature Journal inviting us to, to send those results in. And a chance to talk about, you know, a very special animal in Sabah mm -hmm. that people hardly know about. I know, and uh, I hope that we'll welcome you again on uh, Kick It Off FM to talk much more about Gibbons one day. Let's wait until the paper is released and we'll have you back here in the studio. How's that? Thank you for the opportunity, Ben. No problem. Appreciate Always a pleasure to have you. Any closing thoughts for our listeners, Dr. Glynn? Stay safe. Um, and of course, from my side, uh, the forests are there, they're giving us our oxygen, they're taking up the carbon. Uh, many of the animals there are safe. Uh, it's when we trade and they are taken out, then we run risks of zoonoses such as COVID. So uh, the forests are not just uh, idle land, but uh, quite a precious resource. Indeed. Thank you very much, Dr. Glynn. And we'll be right back after this. Much more from myself and also Sylvia Howe. This is Fresh Air.